I say it's a tool for high performance because it allows us to understand ourselves at such a cellular level. And it helps us to then by using that information to embrace who we are and be really authentic to the gifts that we came to this world to express. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Gather and Growth. I am literally so giddy for this episode. Today, I am talking with Leah McLeod, who I'm going to let her introduce herself. But basically, she is like the human design guru that I just happened to stumble across when I went down this rabbit hole like just a few weeks ago. And I have so many questions. I am like a baby beginner at all of this, but I am just fascinated. I think anything that helps me better understand myself or the world around me is just so, so fun. So I cannot wait to learn all of the things. Leah, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. I, I love that you said that you've been down the rabbit hole because that is just, <laughs> <laughs> that's how everyone gets started into human design. It just begins with a rabbit hole of they hear about it, they learn about it, and then they're like, oh my gosh, this is just exactly who I am and I need to know more. So it just ends up being this fun little adventure that they get on. So I love that you said that and I resonate so much with that (laughs) rabbit hole. (laughs) And I've intentionally not done too much research because truly I want to like ask you questions as someone who knows little to nothing. So I've literally been chomping at the bit to talk to you. So if someone is just now getting to know you, we'll talk about human design in a minute, but I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and honestly, how did you even get to doing what you're doing today? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's always the big question. Um, (laughs) So well, considering that this podcast is about, you know, rural women and like how they can have big dreams, I resonate a lot with that. So I am from the city of Toledo, Ohio, and I'm from a rural little suburb of that in Southeast Michigan. So basically I've always been into self-development and self-help. I love kind of all of that sort of thing. And I've done all the tests. I've done all the personality quizzes and seen all the healers in the world. Like I've just always been really into that sort of thing. So I've spent a lot of my time like <laughs> seeing mediums, seeing psychics, oracle mm-hmm. readers, astrologers. Like I just love that sort of stuff. So basically I was listening to a podcast and I heard about human design in 2018, I believe. And basically at that time, I had heard about human design and human design is really having a moment right now. Yeah. Yeah. It really at that point was like, there was barely any information out there on the interwebs. So I Googled it and was, and like looked up my chart and just was like, okay, cool. This is, don't understand what a generator means, but that's cool. And then just sort of put it away. And I think it's because there wasn't really enough information. So I was just like, this is dumb. And I basically let that go. And then a couple years later, just right at the beginning of when the pandemic began, I found human design again. And and I like to say it actually sort of found me. And and I think that happens to people. And this could have been even part of your story. Like I always find that someone 
they hear about human design and then they put it away and then it just comes back into their life or just like randomly hits them by a storm and then they're like going down that rabbit hole. But Mm -hmm. so basically 2020, I just started going down that rabbit hole and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so intrigued by this thing. And I ended up scheduling a reading and it was just kind of like a game over at that point for me. I, at that point was working in a, I was actually working in a tech job And I was at this big Fortune 500 company. I had really, honestly, a great job. It was like the biggest company in my hometown. So it was like a place that everyone wanted to work. And I think that that's a big part of my story because I really felt like I had a golden handcuff to like that job. So it was really hard for me to kind of follow this like passion. It was very different from anything that anyone does around me. And so, so yeah, basically I just found it. And during this reading that I had, I just totally fell in love. And I told the girl that I had the reading with, I was like, I, I'm going to do this. Like, I love, I love learning about this. And so she kind of taught me and then I tried to teach myself and then I enrolled in a training. And then I it just sort of was like one thing after another, I started doing it for fun, thought it would be like my side hustle. And then it really bled into it being this like really big sort of just job. I mean, just became its own business, really. Like the more and more people that I did readings with, the more and more people that wanted to be in my orbit. And it just sort of has grown into this whole thing, which has been really fun and really cool. But I'm excited now. I just launched my own podcast. So if you want to hear more about that story in very, very detail, I have the entire <laughs> first episode. It's called My Human Design Story. <laughs> it's a design of you podcast. But yeah, so now I just do human design readings and I mentor human design readers. And I'm actually launching a coaching program soonish. Um, haven't found a hard date yet um, where I'll be coaching people through their human design and sort of helping them that way. Because another in another lifetime, I was also a, a little bit of like a holistic food blogger. Moon Girl's Plate, still on Instagram. I don't use it, but that was also me. So I, I've kind of always been into this wellness sort of stuff. So kind of combining those two things. Very cool. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, literally, what are they talking about? What is human design? Get very like basic newbie <laughs> kindergarten level. Yeah. Okay. So it is at the most basic terminology, it's a tool for high performance that's based on the time that you're born. And, you know, another definition is it's the art and science of who you came here to be. Another definition is that it's basically Enneagram and the astrology had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, and you know, I was saying that for a while and a lot of people were like, dude, you need to know my Enneagram before we do this reading. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to stop saying this because it actually has nothing to do with the Enneagram. But what it is, is it's basically like, it's kind of like this personality test, but it's not a test. It's based on the time that you're born. So a lot of people are like, where can I take this quiz? Like, what can I, <laughs> I get this DM all the time. And I'm like, it's not a quiz. It's just a, it's just based on the time you're born. So just look at your birth certificate. That's the only information I need. So you can go to my website. It's the designofyou.com dash get dash your chart. And you can look up your chart. Like I said, it's based on the time that you're born and this body graph comes up. And so very similarly to astrology, like you have a natal chart in human design, you have your human design chart, or it's called your body graph formally. And this chart encompasses all of these different things. And basically I know how to read those things and it helps you understand how your energy works. And so we can look at your human design chart to understand how you make decisions, um, what your greatest strengths are, where you have some shadows, what your energetic purpose is, the kind of role that you play in the world, which is something called your profile, and you know where you're really susceptible to 
being out of alignment and where you're really susceptible to feeling the energy of other people and that sort of getting in the way of you living your best life. So it really is this sort of, I say it's a tool for high performance because it allows us to understand ourselves at such a cellular level. And it helps us to then by using that information to embrace who we are and be really authentic to the gifts that we came to this world to express. And it's just a very helpful tool in in kind of just understanding who you are. So it's kind of just like a self-knowledge tool. And I also want to note with that human design is an encompassing of a bunch of different modalities. So when I mentioned the art, it's sort of like this mystical world of human design literally combines astrology, the chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, and the Kabbalah system all under one umbrella. And it also has a genetic component, the uh, quantum physics, and just basic science and astronomy all sort of intertwine. So it's like this umbrella of a lot of different modalities. And I think that that's really what's cool about it because a lot of people find truth in the fact that it leans on so many different systems that already exist in our world. But it's also got this more like grounded scientific approach. And, um, you know, there's lots of layers. So this is why it can feel very overwhelming when you're like, like, I, I went down the rabbit hole, but I just have so many questions. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, of course, cause it's, it's so layered and there's so many different nuances and different pieces and parts and how it all comes together. So yeah. So basically you can look up your chart on my site. It'll tell you a little bit of information. And, uh, I also do readings of course. So if you want to get a reading, I'm happy to, you know, w- walk through it all with you. But, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, I I love that you brought up like that scientific component because I think it's easy to hear something like this, especially you start talking about astrology and you're like, okay, like that's a little woo, which, you know, here for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was listening to a podcast that was actually an engineer who was talking about it and all the ways it's like really scientifically based in like the energy fields, which is undeniable that we are, everything uh, is consistent of, of energy. And so that like just hearing that perspective was like, oh, okay, like, you know, this, I think it's just very cool, like how many different pieces that this pulls from to build this, like you said, really depth system. Like you said, it kind of pulls onto all of these different things. And the scientific component is really interesting. And I think that a lot of people don't talk about it, like kind of that part of human design. I think a lot of readers focus primarily on just the output of the information and how that benefits people, which I think is really great. And there's a time and a place. But for someone like me, I love to geek out on just sort of the like the pieces of it. Like I love to geek out on where it comes from. And, you know, it's really cool that when I started learning human design and really started putting sort of the science behind it all, it was just mind blowing to me. So, I mean, human design, I will like to say this as well. You know, it's not a belief system. I think that once people hear astrology or they start to hear like all these different terms and even like the Kabbalah being somewhat of a piece of it, they start to think that it's like this thing that goes against their religion. And I just want to remind everyone that it's not, it's, it doesn't ask you to believe in anything. It just asks you to play with it. Like literally like the information is meant to be experimented with. So like if, for example, based on your energy type, which there are five, you know, so for example, I'm a generator and what are you, Emily? Oh, that's what you're here for. <laughs> Hold on. I pulled it, I, I pulled it up. Uh, I am also a generator. Okay. I'm not sure what all this means. I think we should um, get into the different types here in a second, but I'll let you continue this thought. Okay, absolutely. We're going to get all into it. But so basically there's five energy types and like based on the energy type, everyone has something called their strategy and authority. 
And strategy simply means like, how can I strategize using the energy that I that I'm born with? And how can I strategize to bring in the right opportunities for me to kind of use my energy appropriately? And we have to bring our authority with us. And our authority is like literally our intuition. That's just another name for intuition. It's called authority because it has sort of the, has the power. It has the power. Intuition is the number one thing. It's never our mind. And so when we use those two things, it's like, how can we bring us the most aligned opportunities? And how can we use our energy to to bring us all of these, you know, how can we how can we use our energy, our strategy and authority to bring us the most kind of just like least resistant life? And what I love about the science of human design is that when we get into kind of like the strategy and authority, it really helps us to see how all of these things really come to life. And basically like when you look up your strategy and authority and you'll you'll get this when you look up your human design it just allows us to understand how we can live into alignment and so we ask people to just experiment with this information so it's not a belief system in the sense that like you have to believe that this is the end all be all it's not meant to be that it's meant to be something that empowers you to be who you are to be more intuitive to listen to yourself to honor your energy and to really just play with it and you know i always tell people i'm like if this isn't something that resonates with you like no big deal. Like drop it, like keep it right here on this podcast or, you know, keep it right here in this reading. And, you know, I give everyone the permission because it's just a tool. Like we have a toolbox. And if you're feeling like down in life, you need a little bit of a reminder, you need some reassurance of where you're going. You open that toolbox and you find your things that you love. So maybe it's like, I want to go get a massage, or maybe it's like, I want to go see my therapist, or I want to like, get my blood work done. You know, we have all these tools that we can choose from and human design is just one of these tools. It's like, I want to remember who I am. I want to remember my strengths. So I'm going to grab onto human design and I'm going to like dig into this a little bit more and just like remind myself of the gifts that I was innately born with that are energetically tied to who I am. And I'm going to remember that because that's going to help me with this major decision that I have coming up. And so it's just meant to be played with. I love that you mentioned at the beginning like it's almost as if the Enneagram in astrology had a baby because the first thing I went head first into the Enneagram three years ago. And it was such a light bulb moment for me of like, oh, all of these things that I thought were parts of myself that needed to be changed or that were flaws or whatever it may be are actually just really part of, you know, the structure of who I am. And so I can lean into that, into those strengths and and see where those areas of growth are. And it's been such a powerful tool for me to understand what my Enneagram is and how to grow through that. So I'm curious of how, if at all, human design compares to that. So when it compares to kind of like the Enneagram, I'm not an expert in Enneagram, so I can't really give a huge explanation into how it would relate to the different like you know, like the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. I do know my Enneagram, but I'm a three with two. Actually, maybe I don't. I think I'm either a three with four or three with two. It's been a minute. Um, but so basically it's kind of like when we look at Enneagram, what's really nice about the Enneagram is that you basically have these sort of like numbers and they all sort of have their own archetype associated, right? And this archetype tells you like, a little bit more about like how you operate and there's even like different tools based on each of the archetypes that can help you sort of live your best life essentially. And it can help us decide like what careers we want to go into or how we show up in relationships. And in human design, there's something very similar. It's called your profile. 
I think a lot of people like in human design focus on the energy type. And so like, for example, we're generators and, you know, people can be manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, or reflectors. And I'll kind of give a little bit of a definition of each of those in a moment. But essentially, then there's this other layer called our profile. And this layer of human design, it's a combination of two numbers. So like you are what we call a two, four, I'm a five, one. And so in human design, these profiles are kind of like the archetype. So that's where I feel like it kind of leans into the Enneagram where it can be very similar. So you may find that there's ties between maybe what your Enneagram type is and then also what this profile, like the uh, meaning of the profile is. You may find sort of like synchronicities between the two. So cool. Guys, I have a really cool opportunity to share with you that melds my experience in the classroom and love for personal growth, the Enneagram, and intentional parenting. My friend Sarah Waxman is a former teacher who now coaches parents and teachers through using the Enneagram to support students in and out of the classroom. She believes that investing in our personal growth is one of the best things we can do to pour into the kids in our lives. This November 7th through the 11th, she is hosting the Bettering Them Summit, an online learning experience with dozens of speakers prepared to share tools, techniques, and implementable practices to have the best year possible at home and in the classroom. The best part, a one-day pass to the summit is absolutely free. You'll have 24-hour access to sessions about building trust, communication styles, classroom management, developing mutual respect, and how our personalities come into play, and so much more. But for just $67, you can purchase VIP all-access passes that include unlimited access to all sessions, including bonus sessions with exclusive speakers such as yours truly, raffle entries, and a summit workbook. But don't delay because that price will soon increase to $97. If you are ready to learn from high-level experts and educators such as Enneagram Ashton, Gabby Gast, Margarita Monday, Brian Lee, Noel Don Clava, Elizabeth Leverett Ortiz, and Amy Wicks. Grab your ticket from the link in today's show notes. Okay, so if someone's just hearing about this for the first time, what are those? You said there's five basic mm-hmm. categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just energy types. So it's hard to say categories, okay. but but yeah, I would say that's the best place to start. And there's obviously a lot of layers to it. So. The first energy type that's the most common is the generator type. So not surprised that we're both generators. And uh, generators are, the name sort of makes sense when you start to think about it. So generators are people that quite literally generate energy when they do things that they love. And Mm -hmm. they are these beings that they're, they're meant to be natural doers, natural builders. There's this joke that they're like the nine to fivers, which I tend to absolutely hate considering like me leaving my nine to five, but, and it's not true because like, it's not meant, it's not that they're meant to like always work a nine to five, but it's meant to be that they are essentially like when they do things that they love, they just have so much energy. So they're able to sustain that for a long time. And we live in a society that like wants us to be go, 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 go. And so generators are like typically those people. Now, like I said, it's only when they do things that they love or perhaps they'll feel like burnout and frustrated and all sorts of things that they're not allowing themselves to do things that really actually light them up. So when I first heard that I was a generator, I was like, wait a minute, like I'm not rare. Like I was kind of bummed about it. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, the more you get into it, but this is why I'm like, there's so many layers because like 
There's a lot of like ways to look at your chart. No two charts are the same. I've never seen two charts that are exactly the same. Like I think it's nearly impossible. So that said, generators and the second type would be manifesting generators, also very common. The two together make up around 75% of the population. So lots of generator type beings running around. Manifesting generators are actually a hybrid between another type called manifestors, which we'll talk about in a moment. But they are people who are meant to have that energy like the generators do, but then they get a lot of like impulses and urges to be very creative. They get like creative bursts from the universe to kind of like go after things. And so they're very much like multi-hyphenate people, multi-passionate, and they're really people that do a lot of different things and they're very curious. And so I almost say like manifesting generators are like masters at everything or masters at none. Like they just are kind of into just a lot of different things. They they struggle a lot with like niching down. Um, that's like one of the most limiting beliefs for them. They are meant to kind of like chase after all the things that just they desire. Projectors are the third type that are about 22% of the population. They are our natural leaders, our natural guides. They're meant to devise systems. They're oftentimes called the seers. They're people that are really good at seeing an upgraded approach to the world. They're called projectors because they can project onto people. Their energy is very much like it's very focused and penetrating and because they can see right into things, right? And they are people that they have to be kind of invited in to share their energy or else they feel kind of like they feel some resistance. So it's really important that people invite or invite them in or recognize their energy and really truly see them for the brilliant stuff that they've gained before they kind of like interact with the world. The fourth type is manifestors. Um, kind of spoke about them briefly. Manifestors are these trailblazers. And by the way, all types can manifest. I like to make that disclaimer because like that was something that I thought when I first learned human design. But manifestors have this ability to get to where they want to go quickly because they get those creative bursts from the from the universe and they are very much, they have to follow these impulses. And so sometimes it can be very spontaneous. And we find that manifestors are so bold. They're so unique. Their energy is really big. They're only three to 5% of the population. But when a manifestor walks into a room, you see them, you feel them. And they're like these people that totally are able to go after things and do their own little thing in their own unique way. So they're kind of always like just being them. And it's really important for them to be unapologetic and that they kind of tell people where they're going or else it's like, I don't know what they're doing. They're kind of over there just doing this new thing. And then the final type is reflectors. They're about 1% of the population. Reflectors are very much like celestial lunar types of beings. They're meant to really be in touch with the cosmos and their environments and they actually have no consistent energy in their chart. So they actually feel the energy of everyone else and they reflect it back to them. So they mirror the world around them. They're the people that we look to, to see like, how are we doing? And yeah, we kind of just look to them to know like where we are in life and they are really attuned to spaces. And so their environments are important. People, it's really crucial. They're around the right vibe because otherwise they can fall into disappointment very quickly. And so they kind of surprise themselves when they're in alignment and they are really just meant to reflect the world back to everyone else. So about 1% of the population. So those are the types. <laughs> and then there's obviously other layers. Okay. So you said there's like all of these different layers underneath those, those types. And I think probably the easiest way to start diving into that is if you want to go ahead and do the reading for my chart and then along with it, kind of explain what each of those different things mean. 
So yes, let's get into your chart, Emily. I'm so excited. I was looking at it when you first sent it over and I was really excited just because you actually like have quite a bit of openness in your design, but we'll kind of break down all the things. So we talked about you being a generator, which you know, that's a very common type and you're really like this life force and you're someone who, when you follow things that you love, your energy really like sparkles. It really kind of radiates out of you. It's almost like energetically correct for all of the types to kind of be into alignment to follow their own energy because by doing that, we all sort of affect each other. And specifically like any generator or manifesting generator there's this part of your chart that's like this consistent energy reserve. And so when you're doing something that you love, that energy reserve sort of like pours out of you and it radiates and it sparkles and it actually allows. So projectors, manifestors, and reflectors do not have this energy reserve. So they actually need a lot of rest. And so it's when generators or manifesting generators follow something that they love, they create this spillover of energy that allows them to kind of grab onto it. So it's really important that you're doing something that really lights you up. So I love that you've started this podcast not too long ago and you are kind of following this dream and this path because this is something that will continue to radiate and other people grab onto that. They see that. They see you sparkle. Um, You may even seeing this coming out of me right now as a generator, like when I'm talking about human design, it radiates. And so that's like what happens when you do things that you love. It just radiates out of you. And, you know, by being a generator, your strategy is to respond. And this is where it starts to get a little bit confusing. And I mentioned strategies, like how can I bring myself the most aligned opportunities? And so when you're kind of wanting to do that, you're supposed to just respond to life. Generators are very magnetic. And so it's kind of like your aura is consistently pulling in things that are meant for you. It's magnetizing Mm -hmm. the right opportunities. And so all you have to do is respond using your intuition, or as we formally call it, your authority. So how this works is you really design to lean into your gut feeling. Generators have a very strong gut. And even more so in your chart, your authority is that gut. It's your sacral center. It's listening to this gut feeling. And so this is the area below your belly button. And it's this thing that either when something's in alignment for you, it feels excited. It feels light, feels like almost airy. Like you don't even have to think about like, you don't have a stomach ache. It just feels like, yeah, like you're very expanded. And when it's a no, it feels like, Maybe like there's a stomach ache that comes up. Maybe you start to like feel like restricted a little bit and your body starts to turn inwards and you're feeling like just completely like this is something that's not, uh, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. And that's the indication that something's a no for you. And this can happen very quickly, specifically in your chart too. This happens really fast. You have what we call single definition. So all of your energy is kind of like linking together and flowing very consistently. And so what can happen here is that when that response comes in, like when you have something that you've magnetized to you, it's deciding, okay, is this something I want to do or not? And this could happen in four seconds. You could be like, no, that's not for me. Or yeah, that's for me. And you don't even have to like think about this. And that's the best thing. It's not thinking about it. That's the hardest part is when we overthink things um, because we're not meant to make decisions from our mind. We're not meant to be smart and think smart all the time. We're really meant to kind of just tune inward to that intuition. So it's about for you really leaning into that gut feeling and knowing that whenever you do something in accordance to the way that it really feels in your body, that will always lead you in the right direction. And so there's almost like this little formula in human design that it's like when we use our strategy and our authority, we always are feeling what we call our signature theme. And your signature theme is just a sign that you're in alignment. So for you, like when you're in alignment and satisfaction, it's like pure satisfaction and bliss, 
contentment. Um, you feel like as if everything is the way that it should be. Like, and satisfaction can be its own definition. Like, it may perhaps feel like, oh my God, I just recorded like three podcasts today and like that was the best thing ever. Or I had this conversation. Or maybe it's like, I literally just sat on the couch all day and watched Netflix and like I'm so satisfied. So, whatever is satisfying and like in your life, whatever feels really good. I like to say, like, when you lay your, your head on your pillow at night and like that feeling of like so satisfied, like I had the best day, that's sort of the indication that you have used all of your generator energy in accordance to your intuition. And like, you just feel good essentially. And so that is sort of what it means to be a generator and to use your authority. So some generators have emotional authority where they have to sort of wait for clarity through their deep emotions that they feel. Yours is not like that. Yours is all about just tuning into your gut. And so the sign that you're out of alignment is frustration. So if you notice yourself feeling really frustrated, that's the sign that you have not been doing that. You've been perhaps forcing things or you've been pushing really hard or you've been saying yes to the wrong things. So generating um, energy to things that actually like don't excite you and that don't bring you fulfillment and satisfaction. And so that will always lead you to feeling very frustrated and um, or even using your mind can lead to that too. So trying to be so smart and like make the right decisions that are going to bring you money or are going to make someone else happy or seem to be the right thing, but actually just didn't ever feel right. So leaning into those will always lead you to that really strong alignment. Hmm. How does that feel so far? Yeah, that tracks. (laughs) That definitely all tracks. Yeah. It never doesn't, to be honest. Like someone just (laughs) asked me this recently. They're like, have you ever done a reading with someone that was like, yeah, this just doesn't resonate with me. And I've actually never had, I've never done a reading where someone was like, this isn't like something that resonates. I mean, maybe that is something that's happened and no one just told me, but like I've (laughs) never, I've never had someone that's not like, oh my gosh, that's me. Now it's interesting though, because I've done readings with people who are generators in the past and they've been like, I feel like I don't have this limitless energy. And that's what I'd say. Well, you're out of alignment, obviously, because like you're supposed Mm. to, and you're supposed to feel like not so drained and exhausted. And they can remember moments where they did feel like really lit up. And so then they can kind of remember those periods of their life. And then they're like, yeah, I, I really am meant to do things. And so it allows them to kind of think into the, their life or their careers or their relationships that are bringing them the wrong energy. Mm. So moving Oh no, you keep going. Okay. <laughs> I was going to start asking questions, but you keep going. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go into your profile and then we'll do questions. We'll do some questions after that and then I want to get into some of your gifts. Okay, so in your profile, you are what we call a 2/4. And this is kind of what I was like relating back to the Enneagram. So the 2/4 is the as I like to call them, the introverted extrovert. And <laughs> Yeah, the, this is like always one that hits home a lot with people. The profile, like, is I think the profile is the funnest part in human design, truly. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you're a projector, like, cool. Like, that's actually, that's actually really interesting information to me. But I'm like, what's your profile? Um, because the profile is like really where our, our personalities start to bleed through. This is the role we're meant to play in life. And so the two in you is called the hermit. And the two is really much like someone who is meant to be a little bit more introverted, likes to have their alone time, needs to have that space, likes to have that independence to kind of do their own thing. It feels really good for them to kind of be in their own space. And then the four in you is quite literally the opposite. It's the um, opportunist. And so the four is someone who's like very friendly, um, lots like a networker, has a lot of friends. The four is like, 
I joke that the quote for the four is like, it's not about the degree you get. It's about the hands you shake. So (laughs) I see that a lot with like the fours is like they always have jobs or they're in positions or they've gotten an opportunity because it's someone that they knew. They're very Mm -hmm. much like the kings or queens of their circle. So very opposite energies. Like part of you is like wanting to be introverted. Part of you is wanting to be extroverted. So you're kind of like this ambivert. And the kind of, there's nothing you can do about your profile. It's just sort of figuring out the way to honor this energy and live with it. And the way that you can master it is really leaning into the fact that your life, the best way that you can exude this energy is by creating a life that allows you to have so many exciting opportunities that when you're done with those opportunities, you've expelled all that amazing generator energy. It allows you to kind of fall back into that hermit shell of yours. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, great. Like I've spent all this time with these people. I'm having the greatest day ever. And now I just need to like kind of go and do my own thing. Um, and then vice versa. It's also like when you're in that shell, it's like having a life where you have all these great opportunities that pulls you out of that hermit shell. So you're not there too long. The most confusing part about a 2-4 is that they struggle with the fact that like a lot of times people since the four in you is like so extroverted when you're around people, they do not understand when you take that that time away to kind of reset. They're like, I don't understand. She's this generator energy. She's got this like friendly extroverted part of her that's I, we always see. And now she's like not wanting to hang out. Like, like maybe it's like canceling plans or like, you know, not wanting to do something because you're tired. And, and, you know, that's, so I like to tell anyone who has a two, four, just to kind of know that people in your life don't understand the two in you. And it's very hard for them to see both sides of that. And so it's kind of just having the permission and the boundaries to be like, no, like this is best for me right now. So just let me do my thing. Oh, that's so interesting. Up until like the past couple of years, I would have fully identified with being an extrovert. Like I've just always really thrived around being with people. I want to help people. I just, I felt like that's where I got my energy from. And then I think a pivotal point for me was when we were all forced to stay home during COVID is that I was like, oh, I actually really like being at home and actually working from home isn't so bad. And So I've kind of redefined even what like social output looks like for me in a way that I think that I was just trying to ignore before because I had always identified as an extrovert and really thrived in extroverted situations. Wow. Yeah. And I hear this all the time with two fours is like they almost like don't want to accept that like that's what like they they kind of need that space because they're like, I, I do really well around people. So I, I actually just don't know. And so kind of that, like, you know, talking about self-help and these like quizzes, right? Like, I think that's one of the ones that we always talk about, like, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And so yeah. like a lot of times for the, for the two fours is like, they're kind of both, like they, there's space for both of that. So I'm never surprised my aunt's a two four. And I feel like she was the one I really learned it from because she's like the the life of the party. Like she literally comes, she's like so fun. She's kind of crazy. And like everyone wants to be around her because she's just like a comedian, low key. She's hilarious. And she's so extroverted. And like when I saw her profile, I was like, you have a two in your profile? And then that's when I realized she was like, Leah, like she lives far away. So when she comes in town, she was like, I, she's like, you don't understand. Like after I visit home, like I can't talk to people for like a month. She's like, I don't have tons of friends where I live. Like I need to kind of be in my own sort of space. And like, I like to just be alone and sit outside. And I was like, oh, like, okay, now I guess I'm learning a lot more about it. And I've just sort of seen that theme over and over as I've worked with people over the years. So cool. 
Yeah. So getting into your other parts of your chart, what's really cool is that you have, like I said, so much openness, um, but we all have these great gifts and you've got two defined channels in your system. The first channel that I'm going to talk about is this 18 and 58 connection. And this is the channel of judgment. And this people who have this channel are really good at correcting things. And they're really good at almost even perfecting. They're really good at seeing the way that things could be better. And they have this ability to really like look at situations or people or I mean, really anything in your life that you're a little bit interested in, you have this way of seeing how it can be improved and how um, you can make it just like a little bit better that can tweak that. Now, you're not a projector, but the energy that comes through with this channel or this gift is all about it is all like very similar to projector energy because it is a projected channel, which you can have in your chart, which is something a lot of people um, I feel like don't realize that like channels actually have their own energy. So this one, it has to be sort of invited in like a projector's energy does. So what this means is like, it's important that you wait for people to really want that, that correctedness from you. They want you to perfect things because otherwise it feels like judgment. Um, It feels like, overcorrecting them. And so like, I see this a lot in like relationships or even like in jobs where it's like, well, I don't know, like Emily keeps telling me like how this thing could be better. And so like, I guess she just knows, but so it's like really nice to like kind of wait for people to ask you before you decide to kind of offer your, your perspective, because it is like, you do have a way, like it's a gift of yours. Like you have a gift of seeing how things can be better, but you just want to make sure that people are ready to hear. Otherwise they're like, I was just doing my thing my own way. Yeah. 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 Have you felt like that energy before in your life? I don't know. I I feel like I relate to the maybe problem solving aspect of it is Mm -hmm. I am like constantly iterating on ways to grow and help other people grow or help situations develop. But I don't necessarily resonate with like the second part of feeling like the, I don't know, maybe this is just a lack of self-awareness, but (laughs) I don't, I don't. So much with the the second part of like maybe trying to impose. Yeah. Well, so all of the gifts that we have in our chart, they have a high expression and a low expression, or as I like to say, like a wisdom and a shadow. And so when you're leaning into that wisdom of that gift, like that just tells me that you're leaning into the wisdom of it. Whereas like you're using this to help people grow. This can be one of the greatest things here. Like I I see so many coaches who actually have this channel, whereas like they're really good at helping other people see their potential and they have this way of like correcting what path they're on that's going to lead them to the most success. So that can come through with this channel. Just recognize like maybe it's just something to reflect on or even ask like the people in your life, like, do you ever feel like I tell you how like things could be better without actually like assessing if you're ready to hear that? Just see what people say. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can just see if that shadow ever comes up. But I love that you're not actually leaning into that part of it. Just that's just always a disclaimer is like, this is the negative connotation of like what could happen here if out of alignment, right? Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the other gift that you have is this nine and 52 connection. And this one is all about being very detailed and having a lot of focus. So the channel of focus is kind of what comes through here. And it connects this like pressure part of your chart, this like ambition, this drive, and this adrenaline to kind of that energy reserve that we talked about. And so you kind of just bring this powerful focus to anything that you do. And you're designed to be still in your body and focus deeply on process. And you have a gift of concentration that's meant to be really of service to the world. Gate nine is all about determination. It's like this energy to concentrate deeply, investigate patterns, be very determined, 
you know, this one is similar to the judgment channel where you have this capacity to hone in on details and spotting things that others typically wouldn't see. And this 52 here is all about stillness. And so it's like this ability to very much like feel the pressure to focus and concentrate. And you have this capacity for deep focus when you have the right outlet and you can still use your body and senses to channel this energy in a very focused way. So what this one looks like is being very, just very good at like when it's sort of similar to like when you follow things that you love and like that energy pours out of you. Also, like when there's something that you're really interested in, you have an ability to focus on it in this still sort of way. And you know, what's even powerful in this is like, I don't know if you've ever ran like a group program or if you work with people in community with this one, it's great because you also have this way of you that sort of brings focus to a whole group and you bring focus to the energy of other people. So like you kind of like have that harness that like gets people to come back in. Mm, That's really interesting. If you've been hanging out with me online, I know you have heard about the personalized habit challenge. You do you 82 that I created a few years ago. And I love you do you 82. But right now I'm currently walking through a season of healing and growth where I need something just a little bit shorter to focus on. So I created a new challenge. It's really just a little sister to You Do You 82, and I'm calling it You Do You 32. It is a challenge when 82 days just feels a little impossibly long. It was created for the times when you need an attainable boost to get back to feeling like yourself again. For this challenge, I invite you to choose habits to support your physical and mental health that you can realistically do every day for 32 days. The purpose of this challenge is to get in the reps of doing the things that help you feel like your best, healthiest self. For more information, go ahead and click that link in the show notes. So that is, those are kind of your greatest gifts. And then, you know, leaning into some of your open centers, you have an open solar plexus, which is our emotional center. So this just tells me that you're super empathetic and that like you feel into the feelings of other people. Mm-hmm. You also have an open ego center. Um, this is also our heart center. And this tells me that you are someone who you can see when people's heart isn't, you can see the heart that other people have and things. You see what motivates others and you can feel the willpower of theirs. It might feel really good for you to go to like workout classes where you see someone like in their willpower, like a coach or a teacher. And they're like, cheering people on that can feel really good for you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. And it can, what's really nice here is that it feels really supportive for you to be in these environments where you can see like why people are doing things, what's behind it. Now, the problem is sometimes the shadow here is like wanting to prove yourself and feeling like a lower Mm self-esteem because it's like feeling you don't have that consistent willpower that some other people have. So sometimes it feels like it can, your self-esteem or your, the, your worth or um, this ability to prove yourself, it sometimes oscillates. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then the next one in your chart is you have this open identity center. And this one is all about love, direction, identity. And it just tells me that like, you're very much like a chameleon in a lot of ways. Like you're really able to lean into the energy of other people. Like, so you may find that you have very different like groups of friends or you take on a different like identity depending on who you're around. So you may find that like, maybe you're vibing with, you know, us talking about human design right now, but then maybe there's a part of you that when you're with a different group of people, like you totally vibe with them and it's in like a totally different way. And so you have this ability to really like feel the energy of others 
but feel kind of like their direction and like where they're going. And so you just, you can really identify. Sometimes the shadow here can be feeling lost in who you are because you Mm -hmm. feel all that energy. It's like, who am I though? Who am I really? And so sometimes you get like, the tool here would be like, you know, try and release the pressure to have a, like a specific direction that you're taking and just know that like, you're meant to kind of to feel into all the different directions and that that'll change just as, as you continue to just follow things that you're interested in, like your path will be laid out for you regardless if you can see it that far. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I'll just going to kind of cover the last three just because I think they'll be interesting. You have an open throat, which I love because you do a podcast, wide open throat. And so sometimes this is like the beauty here is like speaking on behalf of others and being able to pick up on the way that people communicate that you will want to like express for them. You know, this is the center of like manifestation and communication. So it's just like very open for you. And, you know, the, the um, shadow here can feel like speaking up at the wrong times, or it can feel like hating silence, like being so uncomfortable with silence, or it could feel like not knowing what to say because you want to say the right thing. And like, you don't have like strong definition there. So it's like, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. Okay, before I get into the last two, how are these resonating? I want to give everyone a chance to hear like what your thoughts are. <laughs> I I don't okay, the one that you just said, like the the different like social situations, that reminds me a lot of the Enneagram. Enneagram threes typically are very good at stepping into a room and reading how the people there like expect you to be and what energy like you're meant to bring to the situation to be, for lack of a better word, accepted, loved you know, successful in that situation. And so I definitely identify that because throughout my life, I've had very different social circles and I I can easily build relationships with a very big span of people. And not that I'm a different person Mm -hmm. with different people, but I can, I can bring out different parts of myself to meet the mood of the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I definitely identified with that. And that's something I've really come to understand in like the deep dive I've done in the Enneagram. Wow. I was seeing you smile when I was talking through that. And I was like, oh, she resonates <laughs> with this one. Yeah. yeah. But I, there are different parts to it. And that this is where this kind of reminds me of the Enneagram is like where you go in like the stress or whatever it is of like, you know, there there are two sides to everything. Like if you are doing or expressing things in like a really healthy, mindful way, like it can be your greatest strengths or you can fall really captive to you know, the ways that that can then hold you back. Or like you said that, like, who am I outside of all these other people? Or, you know, the ways that that can fall into changing yourself too much for other people. So I definitely am starting to see a lot of parallels between the things you're describing and like some of the the work I've done to understand myself over the past couple of years. Yeah, I love that. And I find that the open centers are really our, our greatest areas of learning. And so these are kind of what I'm walking through right now. And so I love just like the way that you're you're sharing through like stories in your life and how you've resonated. And even these are things that you've like had to learn about yourself and overcome because that's really what happens here. So with the final two centers, you've got an open Ajna, which is our mind center. And so it just like simply means you have an open mind and you're really meant to see a lot of different perspectives. And so the wisdom here is like I said, being open-minded, seeing all sides to a story. The shadow here can be feeling like, okay, I don't know exactly what, I don't have a strong opinion and I don't like have a strong, I don't, I don't really like, I see all sides. So it can feel like there's like a defensiveness that can come up here is like, 
I feel like I have to back up my my thoughts. Um, it can even feel like this notion of like almost embarrassed if you don't know enough information because you're like, I feel like I need to like have a strong POV and I just don't. So that can feel like the shadow there is like feeling like you have to know everything. And really the wisdom is just saying like, I don't know a lot about that. Like I'd like to learn more. I actually just don't, I haven't dug into that topic. So I'm not going to offer an opinion because I don't have a formulated thought. I actually think I might resonate with this the most of anything. Yeah. <laughs> is on, you could give me just about any topic and I can see, understand, empathize from most perspectives with it. So I have a really hard time, especially in like political conversations, for example, because I do understand where everyone is coming from. Mm-hmm. which can feel, like you said, can feel very frustrating because I don't understand why other people don't understand where we're all seeing this like, you know, worldview of it. And it hasn't been until recently that I've been like, oh, this is like part of my unique gifting. And that can feel really frustrating because in the past, I felt like I almost can't participate in the conversation because I don't super align with one side or the other in a lot of conversations because I can very deeply feel where everyone is coming from. Mm. And it feels very frustrating to me that not everyone is approaching the conversation with that well-rounded mindset. Yeah. And, you know, I want to just kind of reflect back to you that you said frustrated a couple times. That's your not self theme. <laughs> so if you're feeling that frustration, just know that like, you know, lean into the fact that of just like, you might be supportive for you to say in those conversations. And I resonate, I have an open Ajna as well. And I, I very much resonate with what you mean politically, because it's like, it can, can sometimes like, I feel like I've had to have these moments in my life where I'm like, I don't know enough about that topic to talk about it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm not interested in talking about that thing, because I see all sides. And I don't want to, I don't want to form a strong opinion and hurt anyone's feelings, because I kind of just like, see it all. And, you know, it can be very like polarizing when it comes to like elections and stuff, because it feels like you have to narrow it down, not to get on like a political rant at all, but, you know, just that's, that is a way that that can show up. So just kind of relating Mm -hmm. that back. And I see that a lot with this one. So it's a, it's a gift to have. It's beautiful to have. And it is a gift if you have it defined too. Like I know people have very strong lines and have very strong opinions and there's a time and a place for that. So now going into the final center, all the way up at the top, this is your head center. This is the area for inspiration and ideas. And when this is open, it simply means that you're inspired by everything. Like the world really inspires <laughs> you and that you are you know, open to gaining a lot of new ideas. The shadow here can be like searching for inspiration, like being obsessed with it. Uh, I recently mm-hmm. did a reading with someone who's like, I can't get off Pinterest. And uh, just kind of the wisdom here is knowing that you will find inspiration and ideas will come to you when you follow your strategy and authority. So trust your gut, like trust that like there are things that are going to magnetize to you that you can respond to energetically and not always having to like just get out of your head and into your body a little bit more and that the right ideas and inspirations will come to you versus like chasing after things to be inspired by and, and, you know, getting like upset when there isn't enough things like going on that do kind of like trigger that light bulb epiphany in your mind. So those are sort of, those are your open centers. And this is really like what I would do in a reading is go through kind of all of these and probably a little bit more detail. And then we'd get into like a couple other areas, but this would be like the foundation that I'd want you to know. So cool. So I guess is like, what does someone do with this information? You know, when they when they have this reading and they understand all of these different things, like how does human design 
and you can you can speak into me specifically or just from a general perspective like how do you take that information and then build your life around it or make decisions with it or through it to really to find that alignment and and to find the path of least resistance so to speak yeah um so there's a lot of different ways you can apply this so and it's nice like in a reading seeing where like you are at your life so before everyone does a reading with me we will they'll fill out a form so a lot of times I'll then that gives me the chance to know like okay like they're really interested in purpose so we'll talk about career and how this applies to your job or relationships or it, perhaps it's like their their kids like their children and so they want to learn more about it so you can parent your kids like in accordance to their design and kind of generally what like we ask is that you just experiment this with this like information and see how this shows up in your life and so the number one thing is leaning into that those themes that I shared about your satisfaction and frustration. So I would ask you to think about a lot, like what satisfies you. And I even offer like a journaling practice, almost like a five minute journal, whereas like every single morning you would wake up and say like, what would satisfy me at the end of today? And like maybe give yourself an affirmation, like I'm a life force because like generators are life force. Give yourself like a really strong affirmation. And at the end of your day saying, what satisfied me today? Did I do the things that I set up to do? Like, and just kind of thinking back on what did I do? Or, and you can even do this today and think like retrospectively, like what satisfied me in my life recently? And then leaning into like what's fr- what frustrated me today or what's frustrated me lately. And as you start to form these lists, it's like really leaning into going back to that strategy and authority where it's like, okay, if there was this thing that really satisfied me, like let's use a random example, like, um, like I'm going to use an example in my life. Like Monday, I my sister's house just burned down last week, which is not, which is terrible. But I'm home right now helping her, and so like Monday we like we shopped a bunch and like we got lunch together and we stopped at a coffee shop and I felt really satisfied at the end of Monday because I felt like, you know, I don't there was something about that. And so I actually had a moment where I went to bed and I was like, why was today satisfying? And it was like, well, I thought about that decision process when she's like when I was deciding to come home last week after this happened and like. I followed my strategy and authority where I was like in my gut, I knew that it was right for me to come home. And I knew that like this was something that like this was an opportunity for me to help out. So that was magnetized to me. So I had something to respond to. So it's like looking at all the things that satisfied you in your life and going back to like when that decision came up and how that's now like bleeding into the satisfying feelings. And same goes with frustrated. Like, why did this frustrate me? Did I listen to my gut? You'll find that you didn't. Or like, and so it's just sort of like practicing that and flexing that muscle and getting really comfortable with it. That's like the best thing that you can do. And, you know, then taking your greatest gifts with you is like knowing that like you're someone who has this ability to like see the potential in things and knowing that you're really good at getting really detailed and focused and concentrated on things. So owning those gifts and taking them with you with everything that you do in your life. So cool. It's almost like it makes the decision-making process easier. It's like- you know, because like you said, I think so often we get in our in our own heads of, is this what I should be doing? Is this what's expected of me? Is this how I imagine my my life panning out? Is this the next best step? We like so spiral in our thought process of what we should be doing. But it sounds like this kind of gives us permission to turn inward as to what feels intuitively like the next best step or even on a on a daily decision basis. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about like leaning into that to make decisions. Like that would be the number one thing that human design helps with is how we can make decisions that are aligned with our energy and our intuition. 
just who we are simply. And then how can we, when we went through all those open centers and we talked about like the shadows there, if you're feeling any of those, how can I release that? How can I empty out? And so like, it's just reflecting on those things, asking yourself questions like, do I feel like I have to prove myself? Do I feel like I hold on to other people's emotions? Do I feel like I'm not comfortable with silence? Do I feel like I can't form an opinion? Leaning into those questions and they can help you say, like they can help you discover limiting beliefs. And then it can say, how can I just get rid of that? Just empty out. And then lean into the wisdom of knowing I'm empathetic. I feel into everyone's emotions. I feel into the motivations of other people. I am a chameleon and everyone that I'm around, I feel into who they are. I am here to speak on behalf of other people. I see all sides to a story. I am so inspired by the world around me. So leaning into those gifts that you have and knowing that like those are the things that change your life. And if you feel off track that, you know, all the the other things that you feel like aren't you, like those are things that you've been conditioned to feel like you had to prove at some mm-hmm. point or you had to, um, you know, society told you that that was the right thing to do or the smart thing to do. And so it's kind of led you to feeling like this frustration. So yeah, that's sort of how that all shows up. So cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, am, I, I am equal parts like at a loss for words and have so many questions. I feel like an hour from now, I'm going to be like, what about, <laughs> going to have a million follow-ups. So I think one thing is that is always personally interesting is to understand like the process of how someone got to be where you're at today. And I think it's really interesting that in the work that you're doing now and being from a rural community, like so many of the the women I work with are like, I feel like no one around me understands what I'm trying to do. And like people look at me like I have 10 heads when I try to describe like what I'm stepping into. What has your experience been like building a business really around this thing that a lot of people don't understand? It sounds like you don't necessarily live in your hometown anymore, but I would still just be interested to hear um, what your mindset or process has been like. Yeah, that's been a challenge for me, like a huge challenge. I think every kind of entrepreneur, anyone that's doing something a little bit different experiences this. At the beginning, I think now I'm at a phase where I'm just like, screw it, I don't care anymore. (laughs) Um, But And that's not to say that I don't have moments, but I think when I first initially started doing this, I was really nervous about sharing it with the world. I've always been into astrology. Like in high school, I I have my, I got when I was 18 years old, I got my Zodiac sign tattooed on the back of my neck. And I, like, I've always been into this world, but it was always like, like a lot of people judge that. Like I never really fully embraced who I was. And I think that, you know, if I think back to high school, for example, like I was afraid to really step into my power in that way because like you know, you want to be cool and you don't want people to think that you're weird. And when I started kind of doing this and feeling like it was turning into a business, I announced it on Instagram, like I'm a human design reader. And I think what's really interesting is that there were so many people that came out of the woodwork that were like, so proud of me, encouraging Mm -hmm. to me, like wanting to work with me. And, you know, then there were people that I thought in my life that were like close to me that just didn't do that. And Mm -hmm. that's still to this day, like, there are literally people in my life that I'm like, it's allowed me to really evaluate my friendships on a deeper level. And I mean, even relationships within my family, like that's been really probably the most challenging thing. So, you know, and then I I worked my corporate job just until this past spring. So I'm still like, I just kind of left and started doing my own thing officially. And I actually had a conversation with my one of my bestest, closest friend. She grew up two houses down from me and she's like a sister to me, but we chatted for like two hours the other night. And she was telling me that 
we, she was just kind of, we were talking about the work that I do and she was sharing with me, like the amount of like questions she got when I like officially left my job. So I announced like a few months ago, like I'm leaving my corporate job. And she said that when she, she got a lot of messages from people asking like, what is she doing? And like, what is this thing? Like, how is she going to make money? And so I think that there will always be those people that kind of question where you're going and what you do. And it's just sort of having that permission to say like, I'm just going to follow me. I'm going to do like whatever it is that I want. And yeah, I don't even have like amazing advice around it other than to just do it and to not care what people think because you'll be happier that way and that people will always be confused about it, but then you'll be surprised who comes out of the woodwork. Yeah, I 100% resonate with that. I am continuously surprised by the number of women locally that stop me and are like, I just really resonate with the things that you say. Like, thank you for saying that. And I'm like, it's, and it's people that you would never expect. So I think that we create these stories in our mind of how it's going to be perceived or how everyone's going to react or the ways that we're going to be judged when in reality, like that may be there, that may not be, but truthfully, no matter what you're doing, someone's going to have something to say about it or not. So you may as well be doing what you like. Yeah, exactly. No matter what you do, someone is going to have something to say because it's different from what they're doing. And I find that the more that you're just doing something like kind of against the grain, like people are going to have an opinion about it. And it just has everything to say, everything to do with them. Like they're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with themselves. They're uncomfortable because they haven't followed their own path. They're uncomfortable because like you're too big and your energy is something that they're not used to. So it's making them uncomfortable because they feel like it's an insecurity that someone else has because like they're not doing the same thing that you're doing. So then like now they're feeling like, oh, like, should I be doing that? So it just, it makes them question themselves. So honestly, you just have to like release it because regardless, people are judging you anyway. Like even in my old position, I'm sure people like sat there, like, you know what I mean? Like people always are going to sit there and with their friends and talk shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but to the, you know, wrap it back up into human design is if you are really following the things that bring you satisfaction or that are bringing your gifts to the forefront and you're fully stepping into that, you just have this sense of like, I know that I'm on the right path, even if I don't know what it looks like, even if it's messy, even if it's real ugly right now, Mm -hmm. like when you are doing what you're meant to be doing, the validation of people outside of you or your your inner circle like it genuinely does not matter anymore it doesn't you're like I I don't don't care I don't see it and that's what my friend shared with me she's like you know I had so many questions and I always tell people like if there's anyone that's gonna do it or make it work like it's Leah and I was like I'm so glad you told me that because I I don't hear what people say because I don't like mm-hmm. obviously no one's going to say that to me. And so I was like, I've always been curious, but like, thank you for obviously sticking up for me. But secondly, like I actually don't really care. Yeah. And you know what? I will find that people come around the circle too, even if they weren't there initially. Yeah. And it's like the best way to prove what you're doing is the right thing is to just show them that it freaking works. <laughs> like, yeah. So just do it. The moment I was able to say like, I more than replaced the salary that I left, people were like, wait, what? Yeah, but it's like, always about it's always about money in a rural town. So anything like that's all they focus on. And I think that, <laughs> you know, like in me, like moving to another part of the world, like it's more about happiness. Um, and like mm-hmm. that's the big focus of everyone that I'm that I now surround myself with. It's all about like, are you happy versus like, are you making money? Yeah. <laughs> so you'll find that like, but that is something nice to say is like, oh, I made this much money because it then gives people permission to like be excited about what you're doing, which kind of sucks because like you know, happiness should be the, 
the degree of like success or, or just like right. the reasoning why anyone does anything, right? Like, do we need to monetize every single thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, I, I was just very interested to hear your perspective on that because like I said, so many women in our community are chasing big goals, whether personally or professionally. And that can often feel really uncomfortable when no one else around you in a rural community or not is not doing the thing that you're that you're fully stepping into. So thank you for speaking into that. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, you've talked a lot about what you're doing as far as readings and how people can work with you in that way. So where do you want people to come to find you? Um, Social media, website, how can we get closer to you and all of the gifts that you bring to the table around human design? Well, Instagram is where I'm at the most. So it's just at the design of you. Um, I'm on Instagram way too much. So find me there. And then my website's thedesignofyou.com. And there you can get your chart and you can look at some of my offerings And I also sell human design jewelry, which I'm wearing my necklace right now. So you can sort of, if you get really into it and you want to like rep your human design type, um, I've got some merch and stuff for that. But yeah, I would just say Instagram is probably the best place. And yeah. So cool. Okay. My favorite question to ask is what does personal growth mean to you? Leaning on what we just said, I would say that personal growth means honestly, like what we were just talking about, like being happy and being like unapologetic and whatever it is that you're doing. Like that's growth is like just not caring. And not to say like not caring, like we all care about things in our lives and like it's important to care about people and things, but more so just like caring what people think. Um, I think that's a sign of like that would be like a sign of personal growth. That's what it means to me is just like being content with yourself and where you're going and your path without letting other people get in the way of that. Love that. Just being authentically you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, giving me like so much information as a little baby beginner to understanding this. I really hope that our listeners enjoy just this overview and hearing how a reading works and just all of this. Like I said, I think that it's a tool to add to the toolbox and take it or leave it. It's fun to understand. And it's like another piece of the puzzle to deeply understand ourselves, why we do what we do and how to best build a life that's authentic and in alignment. So thank you. Thank you so much, Emily. This has been so much fun. I can't wait to see the growth of your podcast and and all the stuff. You too. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about your brand new podcast. It is called what? The Design of You podcast. So it's just sort of like on brand with everything else. And it launched Tuesday. So just a couple days ago. I don't know when this will be released. So probably like a little bit before this actually comes out into the world. But um, yeah, just launched. And it's just a place to learn about human design, but also spirituality and wellness and all the things that I'm just kind of interested in. But um, I just launched my human design story that I mentioned at the beginning. So if you want to hear more about my story, you can tune into that and... So yeah, we'll see where it takes me. I don't I don't really have any plans for the podcast other than to just show up weekly and see what kind of pours out of my mouth. <laughs> it's it's so fun. I, yeah. I think you're really gonna love it. So yeah. all right. Thank you, Leah. I super appreciate you. Thank you so much, Emily. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. 
You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.